I started praying a week or so back, maybe a little longer, and I said, God, where, what do you want? What do you want us to say? And, and I'd been praying, and, and the whole time we were looking at unity in the body that we, that we ministered on a couple weeks ago. Um, as long as we looked at all this stuff, I just kept saying, all right, God, what exactly, where exactly do you want us to go? And uh, funny thing is, he didn't speak to me. <laughs> you ever had those days? Or let me, let me rephrase that. He always speaks. I wasn't listening real well, or I wasn't hearing because uh, I believe he's always speaking. So with that said, I got up here a while back, uh, a week or so back, and uh, Ron had come by the office one day and just checked in. I said, man, I've got two or three things going on that I'm, I'm studying. And, and uh, so I woke up uh, a few days ago and uh, uh, I, I, I rolled over and before my feet ever hit the bed, I said, all right, Holy Spirit, Father, brother, you know, what do we, what, what, what is the word you want us to hear during this time? And um, what, what I heard him say as I rolled over and I, my feet touched the bed and I went through the house and I told Dee, I said, man, you'll never believe what Holy Spirit just said to me. And uh, Holy Spirit said to me, he said, during all of this that's been going on, he said, many have forgotten who I really am. And I think it's, it's become so easy with all the news and with all the other stuff that's going on and all the things we hear so many different voices that we forget or, or, or we uh, forget who he really is. And so today I'm going to start a series and if we, and I may still be in this series when we all get back together, but you're here. So here we go. Uh, I want to start a series called Who Is This God? I want to start, who, who is this God? And um, let me tell you something. Let me, can I tell you a story? Uh, a lot of people don't know. Sorry, Reese, I'm up. Uh, a lot of people don't know that when Dee and I met, uh, we, had a, we had a little story behind it. You see, I actually knew all of her siblings and didn't know her. I had, uh, I actually worked with her sister. Her sister was an ER nurse. Uh, her brothers uh, sang in a gospel group and everywhere that I had preached, or, and it seemed like everywhere I was preaching, I was always running into her brothers. And uh, so I got to know them. And so I knew everybody in her family, and, uh, but I didn't know her. Well, one day I went down to the ER. I was a respiratory therapist way back in the day. So I go down to the ER and her sister says, you have to meet my sister. I'm like, well, I'm looking for someone. Who is your sister? She says she works at the bank. But the funny thing is she never told me her name. And, uh, or or she, maybe she did, but I, 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 I didn't remember. I just remember Belle. And I went back to her and I said, listen, I have been to every bank in this town and I have not seen uh, a, a Deidre or, or, or she said well, her name's Deidre I said I'm telling you I haven't seen her and so one day uh, I didn't know her I knew her all her family how many of you know sometimes you can know about somebody and not know them I think that's sometimes the way we are with God we know about God but we don't know him so anyhow I, I go one day to the bank I found this house that I wanted to, to buy and I thought all right I'm a young man let's get a house let's get going and I walk into the bank 
And uh, I told the, the, the lady at the counter, I said, I want to see a loan officer. And they said, well, what's your name? I said, Brent Belcher. And when I did, six or eight girls in that bank went, turned around and shot me up. It looked like I was robbing the place, folks. I, I'm like, uh, okay. See, I didn't know that my name was known in that bank because her sister had told her that I'm sending this guy to find you. So they take and they sit me down at the loan officer's desk. And so I'm expecting the loan officer to come in. What do you got? How much money you got? And everything. And uh, my, uh, my wife comes in. Dee comes in. And she's like, well, how are you? And I'm like, good. How are you? Good. Uh, and she just started asking me these personal questions. I didn't know who she was. Standing and looking at her, I didn't know who she was. And she's asking me all this personal stuff about myself and just trying to get to know me. And I thought, this is weird questions to ask for a loan. And it took me just a moment and all of a sudden it hit me. I said, now I know who you are. Funny story is, this was Valentine's Day. Uh, so that's our little love story there. Uh, but the thing about it was, is I sat across a desk from her and still didn't know who she was. I think so many times that's our relationship with God. We sit right and we, sometimes we look him right in the face and we think, who is this guy? And, 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 and we don't really know him. And sometimes, and so at that point, we introduced ourselves. I'm Brent. I'm, uh, I won't even, yeah. She said, well, I'm DD. And I'm like, okay. And uh, so it was funny. I knew who she was. I knew about her heart. I knew her heart for God. Uh, I was excited to try to find her. Because, you know, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So for some of you single folks out there, me and you might have to go searching a little bit. Uh, but I went, on a look, I went on a hunt looking for, that's what we got today. We've got so many people out. They're still looking out and they're still out searching for the real God. They're still out searching for him. And it, it, it's just in this time where it's, everything seems to be in chaos and everything seems to be in turmoil. And we hear these reports of lost jobs and unemployment. <clears throat> economic downturns. We've got people studying the stock market that don't know a Dow from a Sal. You know, we, we, we got, uh, if you don't know what a Sal is, I had to explain that to my wife. It is a pig. <laughs> we do, you know, they don't know a Dow from a Sal. They don't, they don't know uh, uh, anything, but they just want to understand. Everybody goes and tries to find out what are all these symptoms and because they're trying to get to know something and I believe we're trying to get to know the wrong thing. We're trying to gain an understanding of something that is not even a part of really who we are. And so I want to start this series on who is this God. And if you got a Bible today and you want to first, the first place we're going to turn to is Genesis chapter 22 verse one Genesis twenty two one and uh, I got a I'm I'm up today I'm just I'm worship just wrecked me so I I don't know if I can sit still <coughs> excuse me Genesis twenty two starting in verse one uh, from the uh, New King James version 
He says, and now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, <coughs> and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here am I, or here I am. And then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, to whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Hmm. He said he put him, what was he doing here? He said, and after these things he came that he might, now King James Version says tempt. That word means to be put to the test. This, I want to I explain something first here before we get caught up on, well, I'm reading out King James and it says temptation. This word here never means to lead to, to sin. So God's not leading Abraham to sin. He's actually leading him to faith. He's not leading him to, um, uh, uh, to go against God's commands, but he's actually leading him to a place where he can fulfill God's commands. Well, who wants to fulfill God's commands by, by, my, by sacrificing my own son? Folks, I'm going to tell you, and this may shock somebody and it may not, but God wasn't even really concerned about the sacrifice. He wasn't concerned. He wasn't looking for a blood offering. I know it sounds like that. Well, how do you know? When we get into the story, you'll see that God was not looking for a blood offering here. He's looking for a, a, a test, a showing of Abraham's confidence in his relationship with his father. That's what this is really all about. So it's about building that relationship. So we have to understand something. When God some, sometimes wants to say, you know, I, I need you to know me, sometimes getting to know him might mean having to do what seems impossible. Mm. That was almost, that, that, to Abraham, that felt, I know that had to feel impossible. You couldn't ask me that or one of my kids, you know? Um, and and, and he, it seems that when he does it, it seems it leads him into the impossible. And he asked Abraham to give up the one thing that he waited so long to get. God, I prayed for this for so long. I've waited for so long, and now you're asking me to give up. See, in God's heart, it was never about what he was going to lose. God never has a plan for you to come up short. Come on, somebody. I got people in this room all spread out. You're in your safe places. God's never interested in what you'll come up short. He asked Abraham to give up the thing he, he, he wanted for so long. And the thing is, is that God himself had promised that thing, Isaac, to Abraham. God promised Isaac to Abraham. And now it looks to Abraham as if God wants his stuff back. But see, if you don't have this relationship, if you're still asking this question, well, who really is this God? That's the way it's going to feel. It's going to feel like God wants his stuff back. It's going to feel like God is given and God takes away. We've heard that one, right? That, that one's been misquoted forever. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It rains on the just and the unjust. Folks, you got to understand, he was talking to farmers. Rain was a good thing. Okay, thank you. Deal a minute. 
And the thing is, God promised him to this, and it looks like God wants his stuff back. Go to verse 3. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. What, what do we see here? The thing we see here is a complete trust in the relationship Abraham has to God. People talk about faith all the time. We talk about faith this, faith that. My wife and I, we got up this morning talking about faith and, 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 and talking about those things. And But here's what you see is Abraham is proving his total relationship. He is confident in his relationship with God. If we don't see anything other than God said do it and the next morning he gets up and he loads stuff on the donkey. Man, I wish I had that kind of confidence in, in my relationship with God. That's why I have to keep looking in that mirror for it to keep showing me who I am. Anyhow, let me keep going. So much stuff to unpack. And he took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place that God had told him, which is about three days journey. So he traveled for about three days Going to where God, imagine, through every bit of this step, the things that had to go through his mind. I prayed for this kid for a hundred years. I've looked for this. I've waited for this. Now we know this child's older now because you'll see he's getting ready to talk. So we're looking at Abraham's now probably 107, maybe more. All right. And he's standing there and he's looking and he's saying, and all, for three days, God, I know this is a hard thing. This is an impossible thing you're asking of me, but I know our relationship. I know our relationship. And he leaves God's presence. He goes home, he goes to bed, he gets up, and he starts on the journey. I wonder what it felt like to Isaac helping his father load the wood. Well, I wonder what's going on. Was Abraham really willing to kill his own son? Go to Hebrews. No, you don't have to go there. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the same story, okay? In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19, uh, it tells us that in Abraham's mind, if God said Isaac was his promise, then God would either have to not let this happen or he would have to raise Isaac from the dead. So let me tell you about the confidence he had in his relationship with God. This is the same confidence you and I can have in our relationship with God. Is that even though it seems that God is asking us to do the impossible, that we can step forward and we can do that which seems impossible, trusting God that he's not going to take away something that he's promised us. And if it does seem like we lose this promise, then he'll replace anything that it seems like that I lose. This is confidence. This is faith. It's not hard. Only thing is, when it's hard, is when we don't know our relationship with the person. If we don't have that, know that relationship. And so in Abraham's mind, God was either going to make sure this did not happen. Excuse me. He was either going to make sure this didn't happen, Carrie, or he's going to make sure that God would restore anything lost in an act of obedience. 
You have to understand that about your God. This is a relationship you have to have about your, with you and your God, that he is either going to stop a thing from taking that promise or he is going to restore anything that appears lost in an act of obedience. Oh my goodness. <laughs> See, we gotta realize, if God is calling us to do something, it's not to suffer in the process of doing it. And this is what he knew. So how many times do we question God? This seems impossible, God. How many times do we fall into fear? Seems like, Lord, everything's falling apart here. God, I don't quite know if you understand what you're asking of me. Or am I, the only, I might be the only one that's ever asked that. Or are we at the point where we say, Lord, do you really know what this is going to take? Or we get to the point where we say, God, is there an easier way to get this done? These are all common questions that all of us ask when we don't know this relationship that we have. So the rest of the story, they get to the place, he sees the mountain far off, um, he, he, he takes off the wood, he takes off everything, he, 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 he travels three days, he sees the mountain, and he looks at his son and says, carry the wood. And all of a sudden, Isaac was a smart kid. He looks at Abraham and he says, all right, dad, here's the deal. We're going to sacrifice because God said to sacrifice. I see wood. I see fire. I see that big knife on your side. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham's response shows that he really knew who this God was. His response was, God will provide. In a hard time, in a difficult time, in, all, in everything, when it seems like God has asked me to do the impossible and I am going to lose that thing which I have been believing for, Abraham's declaration was God will provide. Imagine Isaac's thoughts as Abraham built an altar. There's still no sacrifice, Dad. God will provide. See, he was so confident in this relationship and who this God was, he knew God will provide. Imagine Isaac's thoughts when he took Isaac and the word says that he bound him up and he put him on the altar. But here's the thing, when he raised his hand because he was convinced, God, you're either gonna stop this or you're gonna make sure that I am not gonna lose that which you have promised me in an act of obedience. You'll provide, God. And all of a sudden, he raises his hand and he goes to drop it and the word says that an angel, which is more likely God himself when you study it out, grabbed his hand and told him, don't harm your son. I know you have the confidence in me. You know who I am. You see, what we miss in this story, we know the rest of the story. He looks over and there's a ram tangled up by its horns, by its antlers. I don't know, goats have horns or antlers? Let's go with horns. It was tangled up by its horns in the bushes. But you see, 
I wonder three days later, when Abraham started his journey, that goat started his journey, that ram started his journey too. Why? Because God will provide. Before Abraham got up that morning, he already provided that goat. And every day, I wonder where that goat slept. Going to his destination. Why? Because God was going to provide. He was going to make sure that Abraham did not lose his promise in the middle of an act of obedience. And now, as Abraham starts up the hill, I wonder how far up on the other side of that hill that goat was just trotting along. Do, 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 do. Why? Because God's provision is already on its way the moment he asks you to step out and take an act of obedience. The moment he asks you to come along with me. When he invited you to trust in this relationship, he already started the process of making sure you were going to come out with what you needed to get through. I wonder, it, it had to just happen. Don't you think Abraham would have noticed that goat? We're building the altar. Oh, there's our goat. No. Sometimes it takes you to the place of immediate action. But I guarantee you, your provision will always be there. The place of immediate action is where is the place where you'll find your provision. Maybe sometimes we just sit back and we don't really act. We tell God why we can't do it and we explain to God why it's so hard and we, because we don't know Him. Abraham didn't have this issue. He had confidence in his God. He had confidence in his relationship to God. And his words never stuttered, God will provide. He was willing to go all the way because of confidence in this relationship. He knew God. He understood God. He knew who his provider was. Go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 13. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram was caught in a thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place Jehovah Jireh. So I want to introduce you this morning. Who is this God? He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the one that started your provision when you first decided to take a step and act out of obedience. He is the one who has already laid a plan for you and every step you're taking, your provision has taken a step towards you. You're not running from provision. You're not running to destruction. You are running toward provision. God, when he asks you to come along with me, take this step of faith out with me, he has already started your provision so that the time when you need it there it'll be and he called the place Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen so what did Abraham know Abraham knew his God and I know our questions God I don't see an end to this mess I don't see an end to all this, God. Where's the end, God? Luke chapter 1, 
Verse 37 from the voice says this, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I don't see it, God. I'm here to tell you, you've got to know your God. Your God is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And with your provider, there is nothing that is impossible when he invites you to come along onto this journey of faith. Luke 18, 27 from the Passion Translation says this. It says, Jesus responded, what appears humanly impossible is more than possible with God. For God can do what man cannot. For God can do what man cannot. Folks, let me introduce you to Jehovah Jireh. He's still Sheila. He is still Jehovah Jireh. In the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of all this mess, he is still, he saw us walking this thing out and he has made sure that provision is going to be there when we need it, when we arrive at the spot where it takes action for us to do something. He has already led our provision. That ram's name was provision. <laughs> and he has already started. He is our provider. So no matter what we're looking at, no matter what we're going through, no matter how bad things get, don't lose sight of your relationship with God. Because your relationship means that he's always your provider. I want to give you one more illustration of God being provider. Elijah is walking down the road one day and he begins to prophesy to kings and everyone else. And he said that there's going to be no rain. And so after he made this prophecy of no rain, this is right before he actually called down, it was a few years actually, before he called down the, uh, the, the fire that came and brought rain. He said, there's not going to be any rain. But the Lord told him, he said, I want you to go to a brook called Cherith. Why? Because the Lord's his provider. And go to 1 Kings, yeah, 1 Kings 17, verse 4. I'm going to read 4 through 6. 1 Kings 17, 4 through 6. Now look what God told him. He said, I want you to go to this brook called Cherith. And here's where the story picks up. He says, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. As, and I have commanded that ravens, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. You see, when he decided to move into action, there was provision. So what did he do? He went to the place God told him. And what happened? God provided. He said, now folks, that's, that's a miracle. He, he said, there's going to be water you can drink. And he says, the ravens are going to come by and feed you twice a day. So he went, all right, let's go, we're picking up in verse five. So he went and did according as the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Verse 6, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the book. How did he do it? Because Jehovah Jireh. 
Because the Lord was his provider. He, he, he knew. Now, I want to tell you something. That brook didn't last forever because there was no rain. But the word goes on to say that when the brook dried up, God had already had another avenue of preparation for him. He went to a widow's place uh, and performed a miracle there. And when that dried up, he moved on. See, you've got to understand, when we live in a relationship with God, that we know that he is our provider and we're settled on that. We don't care what stimulus checks get written. Our stimulus check comes straight from the throne of heaven. Oh, come on. Here, you want to hear something cool? In case you don't know, uh, uh, a flock of crows is called a murder. A flock of ravens, there, there's a few different words for it. One of it is an unkindness. Now imagine that. Your provider will even cause unkindness to provide for you. <laughs> Here's another name. They're, called, they're also a, a flock of, of, of ravens is also called a conspiracy. So there, let me, I'm going to give you the greatest conspiracy theory you'll ever hear today. God will always provide for you. He will meet your needs according to his riches and glory. He is going to conspire to bless you, to conspire to provide for you. He is in a great conspiracy like he was with Elijah there. There is a great conspiracy to make sure your provider is always there. But you got to know him. You got to know him and you got to be able to walk with him in confidence of who this is. So in the middle of a so an unkindness fed him, a conspiracy fed him, and a conspiracy, God is conspiring right now to bless you. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 from the message. Philippians 4, verse 19 from the message says, You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, his generosity. Exceeding even yours in the, in, the, in the glory that he pours from Jesus. You can be sure that God is conspiring to bless you. He is conspiring to prosper you. He is conspiring to provide for you. His name is still Jehovah Jireh. Let me tell you something. We, in our past, we have added up the amount of money that comes in compared to the amount of money that comes out. And we're like, how in the world do we still have this much in our bank account? Sheila, it shouldn't be there. But you know why? Because Jehovah Jireh. Can't tell you how many times I've punched my number into an ATM and I'm thinking, well, where did all those zeros come from? Because <laughs> he's conspiring to provide for you. It's not just me. It's not a few. It's all his kids. So it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what happens. He's still Jehovah Jireh. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 from the message says this. I know what I'm doing. Now, now the King James version of this says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not harm. But I like the way the, the message puts this. In 29.11 of Jeremiah, he says, I know what I'm doing. 
Okay. Yeah, but what about, what about this and this press conference and that press conference? Here, newsflash, he's still Jehovah Jireh. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you and not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. And just like he did with Elijah, God is right now conspiring to give you the future you hope for. Well, what does it take to get it? Just simply trusting in this relationship. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is in the middle of a great conspiracy to bless you. He's conspiring. He has it all planned out, Perry. Plans to take care of you, never to abandon you. Plans to give you the future we hope for. Plans that the promises that he's made and that I have already received will not be lost with one act of obedience. That would be messed up if he took something from me for obeying him. God's not in the subtraction business. He's in the multiplication business. Not even addition. He wants it multiplied. More and more and more. And so in this crazy time where people still say, I don't see an end. I do. His name is Jehovah Jireh. I don't know how we're going to make it. I do. His name is Jehovah Jireh. I don't know if I can ever get through this. I do. His name is Jehovah Jireh and he is conspiring to bless you. Who is this God? He is your provider of everything you need. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. I praise you, God, that you are my provider, not just my provider, but you're the provider of everyone in this room, of everyone that's watching by Facebook right now, and everybody who's sharing this message, and everybody that they watch it in this entire country, in this entire world. You're a plan. You're still Jehovah Jireh. You still have it all planned out. You still have it all under control. And I praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.